What's going on, everybody? YouTube, Twitter, all supporters of War Media, and myself and Drew. Thank you for uh, riding with us once again. Monday night means a late night edition. Uh, diff a special time we coming on today. I had a little occupied uh, at the regular time that we would normally come on, so I figured uh, to figure we hold off until after the Bulls game. And uh, you know, for a while it looked like we was we was going to be a little downtrodden after the game, but man, they they uh, came alive in that fourth quarter, man, and, and really, you know, uh, it's it's still a young season, but you know, maybe you could argue a defining win for this group. You know, as a, as a young, as a, you know, still young as a squad together. But they, I think they found out a lot more about themselves tonight. Coming down from down as much as nineteen late in the third. Uh, let me let me get some of these numbers up as I see them come across Twitter and everything. Uh, let me see. I got Rob Schaefer. Uh, first off, the score, you know, if you if you missed it, you probably if you missed it or whatever, 128, 114, the Bulls win in Boston. They uh like I say they were down as much as 19 in the third quarter. And uh as I got Rob Schaefer was able to uh mark it down. They outscored the Celtics 51 to 18 in the final 14 minutes and 19 seconds of the game. Remarkable, as he said. I mean, really, ain't no other way to put it. And uh, in the fourth quarter itself, in those twelve minutes, they outscored the Celtics thirty-nine eleven. Like just a crazy, crazy comeback. Zach Levine scored twenty-two in the second half, had thirteen in the fourth. Demar Derozan had thirty-seven overall, lead, leading everybody. Uh, a Io had fourteen, man, and you know he's looking like. He, he, he looks like he's got no problem adjusting to the league, man. This is just, like, like I say, just a, a really great performance by the Bull. Like, at as, as, as certain points, though, it was looking like the worst performance of the year. But they just took over in the fourth, man, and, and showed how, you know, it, it seemed to me already that this is a team that is, is hard to kill. They got so much talent. They got so many different, uh, you know, different combinations of of the roster that they could throw at people, you know, roster, you know, uh, lineups and stuff. But uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> I could I could keep yeah. talking before uh, I stop. I'm I, really I, gambling, but I, I I love this team, Drew. I love this team. <laughs> I, I do too, man. Uh pardon me if I start rambling, but dude, I'm like I'm like uh Welling up a little bit. It, it, it sounds stupid, but like, I'm, 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 dude, I ain't, I ain't been this happy for a Bulls team in so long, bro. I mean, how could we be, man? It, this, it, we man. haven't seen this. It, like, we haven't seen this type of stuff in a long yeah, time. It, like you said, um, after they came out and hit five straight threes, after that, it was like <laughs> it, it was it was Downsville, man. Like, okay, this is gonna be the the one they take on the chin. Um, mm -hmm. And keep it moving and keep it moving. But the bench, dude, Caruso, Bradley, Dasumu, um, Derrick Jones Jr. getting his second real game time this season. They look incredible together, man. Um, I don't know, 
what their on-off numbers are together as a as a four-man group this season. But those dudes, man, they come in and provide such a spark off that bench. Um, you know, you talked about this being like a signature win. You could kind of say it's a signature win built off another signature win, being that they defeated um, Utah, Utah on Saturday, man. So that's yeah, two. We gonna get we gonna get into that in a bit, but yeah, yeah that, that's, it, that's, that's two huge wins. You you going into Boston into a you know if you want to say a hostile environment, a hostile environment against you know a, a very much a quality opponent. Um, you yeah. get you get uppercutted like a Mike Tyson uppercut to the chin, and you take it. You get back up and you start swinging yourself and knock them on the ground. Yeah, Dude. they were getting treated, and, and you know Boston is. Team, like you say, they they know how to win. They have guys who have won on that team, and they got good experience, and they got pride, and they mm-hmm. seem to be, you know, coming into the game with a losing record. They seem to, you know, for three quarters of this game, was like, look, yeah, we about to take this one and make a statement for ourselves against a team that has made a nice five and one start. But <laughs> the but the Bulls, you know, in the end, was just like. I had a feeling that they that they had another run in them, but I didn't think that they was just gonna take the game over. Like usually with good teams, like you know, you know, to the ultimate degree, like the Dynasty Bulls or the 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 Dynasty uh, Warriors and stuff, those type of teams like like that like to take over games in the third quarter, and you know the Bulls today they just really got outplayed in that. And then let me try to get the box score yeah. uh, in that second and third quarter. Uh, they they got outscored thirty two to twenty five in that second cur- second quarter and thirty six okay. to thirty in that third quarter. So thank you, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they to, just didn't have the type of and 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 uh, execution that you would want to see from the team. And you know, it looked like like you said, like they were about to take it on the chin, and 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 it was going to be you know. I, we was probably going to have mixed feelings about the team at the moment because they, that would have been two, three losses. You know, they had the nice Utah, you know, kept uh, knocked Utah from the ranks of the unbeaten on Saturday, but they did it at home. Now you got, you know, this the start of this road slate that we were, you know, last week we was talking a lot about it. You know them beginning to play these road games and play these uh, past past playoff teams from last year and really uh, you know ramp up the competition and uh, you know what 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 came about today is just such a good sign. Like the Bulls are too good a team really to play an entirely bad forty eight minutes. Like at some point in the game they're going to be still alive, even when they're playing really, really bad. And it's, it comes down to just how deep and how multifaceted their talent is right now. It's, it's really crazy. It, it really is, man. It's like every, every time they get a chance to show us how much different this team is or how much different this season will be from last year or the years past, man, they do it or they, you know, for the most part have done it. Even when they were down against New York and that game seemed to be kind of slipping away, they found a way to, to make it uh, very close to the end and, and come within a um, – Yeah, they could have very well took that game. Yeah. Lamar DeRozan jumper of, I think, I think he could have tied it at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
but it's also it's it's a little emotional just because of how well Io DeSumo has played, especially in this game. Um, yeah, leading scorer and scoring fourteen points, and, and given kind of the the discussion that was had um, during the draft, a lot of people saying they should have drafted Sharif Cooper, who's a you know a very good player in his own right. But just seeing what this team needed at that time, and seeing the different ways he can help this team it's just validating the draft pick i know it's still early um we're only what seven games into the season man but who knew that he would play this big of a role this early you know some of that is due to kobe white being out but man he can do so many different things for this team and it's the mm. reason why i'm guessing they they drafted him he he has a little bit more um, little, uh, a few more tools in the tool shed than what Sharif Cooper can can offer. Even though maybe his tools are uh, a little bit sharper, but still, man, for this team, the sumo was it, man. And one thing about him that I think you could read from his time at Illinois, because he was that guy at Illinois who, whenever they needed a big shot, whenever they needed a big play and a big stand on defense, he was the guy who who had to provide it. So he's carrying, he really is carrying that into the, the pros where he doesn't feel any type of hesitation to shoot a shot when needed. He shot that go ahead shot in the fourth quarter that put them up. I think it was one Oh nine, one Oh eight. And, uh, you know, he, he played, he, he'll play defense against anybody. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't scare. He, he doesn't, I, I was going to say he doesn't scare easily. He don't scare at all, man. He, <laughs> <laughs> he don't care who out there on the court with him. He's going to play. So yes. that's that's really the, the the best thing about him is that this really ain't – I don't know if it's any type of transition that off him. It's just playing against new guys, and and, he, and he's ready to show himself every night, like, you know, show what he got. You know, we I was on the uh, text chain with some of the other guys, you know, from uh, Dean Davis and everything, and, you know, they're trying to – Huh? Just to cut you off, I need to get added to this to this group chat, man. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll nominate you then. It, okay. it, it should be hard to get you on, <laughs> you know. But this it's just it's just it's, we've had the 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 chain for as it is for such a long time. It's just, but but I, I don't think you'd have a problem getting on. But, but we was you know people was talking about particularly Ryan was talking about like cops for. Uh, you know, for, for IO, I, I don't, nobody really comes specifically to mind for me at the moment. I, I was wondering if, if anybody comes to mind for you at, at the time they was, they was trying to push like, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. And I, I don't really like that comparison. I think, uh, at, at a point, um, uh, uh, Ken said, uh, let me see said a uh, holiday which i which i like a little more as a comparison uh true holiday but uh yeah but i don't know i don't know do, do you have anybody that comes to mind so let, let me preface this by saying that i i have gotten away from or had gotten away from watching college basketball for a while so i okay. haven't i didn't watch the sumo play a single game in its entirety, if that makes any sense. Um, at, at, at Illinois. Illinois, just snippets, you know, highlights. But 
<laughs> maybe the first person that came to my mind, and I know I would get some probably some pushback on this, and I think I brought it up to Sean Davis way back when, um, before the draft, I think. This was like going into the NCAA tournament. But I see him as like a poor man's D-Wade because he has a little bit. He Because of the role he played at Illinois, he has the experience and had the success of being the man. Plays defense, and he can still get his teammates involved. Um, you know, you might say that he, he can he can stand the bulk up a little bit, but he has an NBA ready yeah. body. Um, yeah, he he does. He's he's he has a good size to him and everything. Yeah. But he yeah, just he, not, he just may not have the bounce that you know D Wade had. Not that D Wade was you know windmilling on people, but D Wade was. But he, he was he was much quicker to the rim, and he could yeah. he could get up like yeah. Yeah. I, I was more. He's yeah. He don't really get up like that, but but he, sh- he shoots. Like I said, he he he's more of a shooter and a slasher. Like lay, uh, uh, he slashes, but he lays up. He doesn't like you don't see him like boofing on on cats and stuff like that. Like Wade yeah. could do that, you know. Yeah, like it's like he knows how to separate. Like he knows how to create space um, in a way that doesn't. Um, what am I trying to say? You know, because he's not the athlete that some of these other guys are, he's better at creating space perhaps because of that. He can still get a shot off. You know? oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. He knows, he knows how important it is to create space. Yeah. Like the angles and whatnot. Yeah. And he gets to, he gets to his shots so good, man. Yeah. Like he, he gets to his, he knows his spots on the court and he knows where to, where to, where to put the ball up. You know, so he yep. he's he's just got a great sense of his game, which I think speaks to his maturity as well. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, knowing how to get to your shots, dude, Demar Derozan, <laughs> <laughs> you like, man, you you're not gonna speed him up. You're not gonna slow him down. He's gonna get to his spots no matter what. <laughs> I'm and saying, man. Matter- People messed up trying to say that he wasn't going to be a good fit on this team, man. Man, they, they, really they put a battery in his back, man. <laughs> they really did, man. And he he looks like he is riding that chip uh, mm-hmm. on his shoulder uh, through these first seven games of the season. Like, we, we came into the season, I think a lot of us was thinking that maybe uh, uh, Zach would have the biggest chip on his shoulder on the squad, but that may that may have to be uh the rose at least at, at so far, man. Man, he's yeah, yeah. It's this is definitely a one and two with them. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, they well, both play with purpose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just the I uh, I know we're gonna we might get into it um, shortly, but uh, the way Zach reacted late in that game. On Saturday against the Jazz, uh, when they started to pull away and it, it looked like it was, you know, going to go the Bulls' way, do you had to feel so good for him, man? Coming off of the type of seasons that he's had and the, the amount of uh, weight he's had to carry just to drag this team into fourth quarters, and now not having to do that. Sure. Oh man, you know, go ahead, flex on him, Zach. That's that's kind of what I was thinking in the moment. <laughs> I mean that's that's how you got to feel for the whole season so far with Zach, man. Like we we talked last week about him finally getting four wins in a row and all these like these sort of 
small but significant milestones that he's like it's they they're gonna start to pile up now. Like he's mm-hmm. he's gonna play on on some on a team. He's playing on a team already that he's never played on as a pro. And the games as they like again, we're gonna see in the next couple of weeks when they go into L.A. When they go into uh, Golden State, San Francisco, and they they play these big games. When they go to the Denver and and play these big games, like people are gonna be coming at them. Coming at him specifically, and coming at this team, so we gonna we gonna learn more about how they react to the pressure. But I don't, I really, again after tonight, I don't feel like they're gonna be back backing down at any point. Like they no. may have, they may have some bad quarters again, but yeah. you can always you can feel confident that they're gonna have some punches left in them by the end of any game. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, this isn't the <laughs> this isn't the Pistons. This isn't the Raptors. Uh, no disrespect to them. They hung tough with the Knicks when the Knicks were hitting shot after shot after shot. They hung tough and beat Utah. They hung tough and beat um, Boston. These aren't like you know also ran teams. These are high quality right. opponents that they're they're punching back against. Um, I just I can't I can't believe we're here. <laughs> I really can't, man. <laughs> I can't. You, to, you see, like you had some more to speak on in regards to the Utah game. You, you had some more. As um, just just to just the same kind of kind of where we are after watching this Boston game. Just yeah. man, <laughs> it's like we talked about them going into the stretch of games and how daunting it looked and, um, you know, how tough it was going to be and how many wins, how many losses they were going to come out of with this stretch. And it's just, dude, this is, this is always, this, this was an opportunity or is going to be more opportunities for them to silence all the doubters, uh, you know, to, to end the, the yeah, but statements, you know, the yeah, but you beat Detroit or yeah, but you beat the Raptors, you know, what can mm-hmm. you say when you when you when you hang tough for Utah and you beat the Jazz, or when you go into Boston, um, take their best shot, and still walk out of there with a win? Like you can't ask for anything more. But and you but you know what I think of for, uh, for in some ways they're gonna have to be answering people like that all year. Oh yeah. But you know that's the good thing about that is that they're likely going to be, you know. Uh, making people feel salty all year or, or making people f- eat their words, you know, and all that, you know? So that's the good part about being in that position. Like or when people underrate you or have low expectations of you or say uh, that you, that you sort of a fluke in some way, keeping on proving that, you know, that you're not, you know, and, and, and like I say, making people eat their words, you know, that's going to be, I, I think, a big theme of this season for the Bulls. And we, we, we'll get to enjoy it, you know. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So they're definitely buying the Bulls, man. Uh, uh, six and one, a rare start in any season, any era of Bulls basketball. And uh, and with uh, the next game coming up, I believe is a. Uh, uh, yeah, they got 
the Philly games coming up. Yeah, the two Philly games. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I, well, I, I guess we'll, there's some there's some issue about uh, MB's health coming up and everything. So maybe they they might catch a break with somebody with these two games. But uh, you know, either way, Philly is is a tough team. I think Tobias Harris may be available in uh in those games. There was there was talk I, I saw some stuff about him today. But uh yeah we'll we'll see. They'll get, they'll get, they'll have a game here and they'll have a game uh I forget which order they but they'll have a game here and they'll have a game in Philly. And then um after that they'll be getting on that that West Coast trip. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be seeing. We like I said, we'll be seeing more about the Bulls, learning more about the Bulls as they go. But I think a game like today tells you, if not all you need to know, it tells you most of what you need to know about this team right now and how different they are than in uh, in past years, and definitely different from the past couple years. You know. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, and it, it it's. I don't think anybody should be. You know, I think it's, it's beyond looking at these last two games as flukes or wondering um, if they can hit the same in, the, in this, these next stretch of games coming up. Like, as we said, like these are two quality opponents that they've uh, been able to knock off. Kind of kind of makes you rethink what they can do in this stretch now. Mm-hmm. The expectation, like I said, expectations are growing. And uh, <laughs> we could – we can see them. We can see them run off some more wins. There's, I think, there's already sort of an anticipation there. I think when you look at even some of the some of the national media starting to turn around already and at least notice what's going on, if not necessarily buy into it. So if if you see the if we see the Bulls, you know, win in L.A., win like I say, win in Portland, win in um. And in, in, in go, at Golden State in San Francisco, you know that's going to mean a lot, and people are going to really start to to buy into this team and 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 pretty much hype the team. You know, I'm interested to see how many games get switched over because they already had that Nick game got switched over from a regional game to a national game on NBA TV. Because and then you know, and and this is interesting. I don't know if you I don't know if you know the story. Uh, all the way, Drew, but they're not doing uh, Thursday night games on Turner for the rest of the calendar year because of football. Oh, okay, okay. See, if you know, if you notice last week, they did the games on Tuesday, and they had on Tuesday they had the the crew, Ernie and Shaq and and Chuck and and uh, Jet, but they didn't have them on Thursday. Those guys, the national guys, were on NBA TV because they want to avoid. Uh, Thursday night football. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I did. I did. Um. I, I saw some things leading up to the Bulls game uh, against the Knicks last week, uh, where people kind of insinuating that. So that that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. They don't want to compete with the big boys <laughs> of the NFL. So that makes sense. Yeah, NFL is king <laughs> as far as TV goes. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. But I wonder if like if, if the Bulls are going to switch around on a Tuesday or. On one of them ESPN days, you know, I I think that's going to happen a few times before the end of the year because they, as you know, when they came out with the schedule, it was, you know, it was, was kind of light, you know. But I think still at that time, people were like, 
uh, well, the Bulls might not be that good, you know, mm-hmm. but, but they were still putting people like Charlotte and, you know, a cup like New Orleans on, you know, multiple times on these national games and stuff. And I think they're going to start to regret that, you know, they go. I, I think we're gonna see the Bulls in some more uh, showcase games coming up. I think so too, man. Uh, they keep winning. They're gonna have to start flexing them in. They're not gonna have a choice. The demand is gonna rise. This is what the the third biggest market, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, winning is going to open up a lot of doors for this team. Most definitely. Yeah, I'm not hearing you on my end. I don't know if it's some situation, right? Can you hear me now? Can you you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Let me see. Damn, I had to check my output. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I'm, my yeah. output switch. My output switched on me. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I must have pressed some accidentally, but I think. I think you were fine on the stream, though. It just was the way I was hearing you. I got you. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, you don't have to repeat nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we uh, like I said we you know doing this late night edition of uh, Eminem Monday Night Means, and uh, you know like I said we could we could probably go on for another hour or so talk about the Bulls, but I ain't gonna waste too much time, and uh, you know. Uh, I guess, you know, a couple other things, you know, it's just me and Drew tonight, no guest or anything. You know, I had a, I had one guest, but <laughs> I told him we was, I was doing the show at night. I had to switch the show back a little bit. And it was like, ah, you know, I, we'll get up another time. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to say who the guest is, but, you know, they'll probably, they'll be, they'll, they'll likely be on another show down the line. But, but uh, I don't know, but, one thing I did wanted to bring for that guest was the Blackhawks stuff. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we probably wouldn't be the most, we know the overall story, of course, you know, I think there's not too much in, you know, I, I guess pressing insight that we could offer on it, but I, I'm just going to just say that, you know, we're definitely selling the the Blackhawks, <laughs> and you know, you, there's many reasons. Of course, on on the ice, they've had one of their worst starts ever, maybe one of the worst starts in, in NHL history at this point. But they, you know, the the how everything broke. You know, we was waiting for this news to break to break last week about uh, who was John Doe. That turns out to be. A former uh, first-round draft pick of theirs, then Kyle Beach. Uh, we learn his story. He tells his story pretty heroically to uh, TSN up in Canada, and you know, everything comes up. Everything comes to light at this point. You know, he was sexually harassed by a former uh, former strength coach, I believe, or uh, like a video coordinator. Video coordinator, my fault. Yeah, mm-hmm. video coordinator and. Uh, he was part of that. That coach was part of the 2010, uh, you know, team that broke open things for the Blackhawks and set up, you know, set the table for that their mini dynasty, as it were, that won three titles out of five years, I believe. 
uh, a decade ago. And, um, you know, that coach wound up celebrating and everything. And, and you know, what happened was, you know, word of, of his actions got around the team and they got to the coach at the time, Coach Quinville. They got to the general manager, Bowman, and, uh, you know, others. And they pretty much decided to, you know, sit on it, and they didn't. They didn't take any action. They didn't fire anybody. They didn't fire the, that coach who was who was uh, abusing this player, and it, it just was a, a whole sad. It, it's a it's a familiar story that we normally hear with you know young women and the and underage people of the like, and you know it, it's it's very sad how this extends into NHL with this story and you know i think if you do some digging there's been other reports and other uh instances that uh been reported of these type of things happening across uh youth hockey in a lot of different areas and uh it, it sort of reach you know again it reaches this point of uh of uh the NHL of a of a, a, a high profile team, the Blackhawks, and when it becomes a big story, and uh, it's something that it's a reckoning that happened ten years too late, and you know some a lot of people, some people lost their jobs this week. Stan Bowman, uh, Quinville, even though he's he's he long left the team, he's he was coaching an undefeated team down in Florida, the Florida Panthers, and he got you know she got chopped off rightfully so for his at his job and um you know a lot of like say heads rolled and everything but the feeling of justice it it comes up short to that level uh and you know just really you know you really got a feel for kyle beach you know his, his life was changed and and affected so negatively by these actions he could he was he was in no control over what happened in his life and you know, he he as he said to TSN, when these guys celebrated in the wake of what happened to him in 2010, you know, he felt like nothing. He felt like he didn't, you know, like uh, he didn't have any say and he didn't have any worth, self worth, in the wake of that. And uh, you know, it just it just hurts to for a person to to have to admit that. But uh, you know, Drew, I'll give it to you, man. Like. You know what, what's your overall thoughts on the on the situation, man? And and do you do you think that this tarnishes what you know that that team, like you know, starting with that team in 2010, meant a lot to Chicago. It really reawoken uh, the passion of hockey in this town. But uh, you know, do you think that that team is tarnished now, and uh, in the wake of all this, I, I feel like. You know, how, how can it not be tarnished? You know, yeah. you bring up Quinville. Um, you bring up was, – was Bowman with the team? Bowman was with the team at that time. Yeah, too, right? yeah. yeah. So if, you, if you bring up, you know, anybody from that era, um, I think now there's going to automatically be an association of um, the events that have just now come out. Um, it's unfortunate, obviously. Uh, like you said, you feel for Kyle Beach. Um Man, it, it it makes you wonder, like, not not to insinuate that 
things like this have gone on or have been swept under the rug and still are under the rug uh, for other organizations and other sports. But, man, I wonder how much the fact that the run was going on, how much that played a part in it being swept under the rug and not wanting to uh, – I think definitely at least at least in that year, it though they it was prioritized that the that the franchise stay focused on winning and on 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 reaching this goal that it had. You know, you know, we got we we can't it can't be overstated how much the the winning the cup meant to the franchise at that time. It was it it changed so much for for the franchise because. They had gone forty something years without winning the cup, and they had reached a point in the immediate years of sort of irrelevance in Chicago. They weren't being shown on the home games; weren't being shown on local TV and stuff like that. They were just getting back to that to showing local games on home team, home games on local TV and stuff like that, and being being a more fan friendly uh, franchise again. And they yeah. built up their talent to a point where, okay, they could finally compete at the highest level, and they were on the on the brink of a breakthrough and a championship, and in in doing in in having this come on their laps at the same time, you know, it's a decision that, unfortunately, so many franchises across sports probably make the same decisions or similar decisions where they have to prioritize what's going on in that moment in regards to winning as opposed to as, as, and winning and holding up the entire franchise as opposed to prioritizing the health and well-being of one person in this franchise who was being preyed upon yeah. and uh, you know that's that's the right that's the right decision and in so many cases I don't think we were finding sports you know, we, we won't find the le- type of leadership that would uh, value one person over a franchise, the fate of a franchise. Uh, we just yeah. won't, we just don't have that. Yeah, but it's, it's – it's, man, at the same point, it's like you, you're messing with a ticking time, a time bomb, because what's done in the dark eventually is going to come to light. So it's like either yeah. you're doing it now or probably much worse – um, circumstances in the future, and and that's not to that's not to um, try to make what Kyle Beach went through any less important. Um, I think I, I don't know who it was, but I think I read or heard on the radio that somebody he brought uh, this incident to blamed it on him. Like, yeah, that was another assistant coach, I believe, and um, yeah, yeah, you you're right. They. They did pretty much say, "Well, why you put yourself in that position?" And that's that's terrible, man. I feel like that's that's what victims of um, sexual assault or sexual predators sometimes that's the that's the uh, retort they get a lot, and that's 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 uncalled for. That's mm-hmm. you know that's ludicrous to try to. Why would I don't I don't understand, man. It's just you know. Get back to what you said about too. What what done the dark coming to the light. I think in so many cases, people who have this power uh, afforded to them in sports, they have an arrogance that sort of makes it fe- makes them feel like, well, we could we could we could keep this in the dark, you know, for as long as as long as possible, long enough 
to where we won't have to necessarily feel any sort of repercussions about it. Or they may feel like, well, we're if we win enough, you know, the uh, winning is a cure all that can, you know, <laughs> even cure uh, institutional abuse. You know, yeah. you know, I, I, you, you could look at something like uh, the uh, the American uh, the U.S. Uh, gymnastics program and how they allowed a a, a, a horrible a serial abuser to to exist in that program for years and years, but because uh, they won so much and they represented the U.S. to a great degree in the Olympics, you know nothing nothing came about uh, to to uh, nothing came about to to rectify that situation until it was too late, mm -hmm. until he had you know already ruined countless lives. Of, of young girls who are in that program. So, you know, we're lucky, you know, and, and this guy, this guy uh, uh, in the, in the Hawks program, I'm, I'm at the, uh, was it, uh, was it Aldridge? Yeah, Aldridge, yeah. Aldridge. I have to get the whole name, but, you know, he went on to, he went on to abuse others. And yeah. because of him getting arrested for those later abuses, you know, the, these things came up with the Hawks. So, this is is sort of like not to trivialize it, but it's sort of like the whole the old Spider Man thing, <laughs> where you know Spider Man had to uh, Peter Parker had to learn a lesson that you know when he let the robber go go by after he the the guy who robbed the the arena where he wrestled, <laughs> you know he was like well I now have to worry about that, but the guy winds up shooting his uncle Ben, yeah. <laughs> and he. Well, you know, that's that's, that's right. With great power comes great responsibility, man. You know, when you have that power and that and you're afforded the chance to stop something evil that's happening, you should make that you should make that happen because you never know how far that evil will spread and how you know how it could eventually affect you to the core to mm -hmm. in a personal level and affect many others as well. Yeah, I, I think that analogy you made was that's pretty spot on. <laughs> that's pretty spot on, man. Yeah, <laughs> like I say, you don't want to trivialize it, yeah. but it's, it's it's really a truism. That's really why so many people responded to respond to that story because you know it, it's 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 like I say, it's it's real to a degree. You know, yeah, and it it, it didn't have to be that way, like you said, man. This could have been something that was um, handled. Uh, in the moment when it when it first was brought to right. uh, the powers that be, you know, first brought to their attention, this right. If Bowman, if Bowman, if you know Quinville, if these people had the stones to uh, and the the, the intestinal fortitude to stop this type of activity in his tracks, you know, it it would have you know it would have it would have shined a bad light on this team at the time. But it would have stopped an abuser from abusing, and you know, hopefully, it would have stopped him. But it, it would have done more than what was done, mm -hmm. and you know, it would have likely kept these other people from being abused after he left the Hawks. So mm -hmm. it, that's that's where the tragedy factors in, Absolutely. you know, even more so than it is with you know looking at Kyle Beach, mm -hmm. and, and you know, he's he's definitely a tragedy because. 
you know, he I, I'm sure he's a proud guy who, you know, has to live with this for the rest of his life. And he had ambitions of being a professional hockey player at the top level. And he's never been able to reach that level in large part because of this, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just horrible all around, man. And it, it, it's hard, you know, it, like, like, you, like we say, Drew, we can't disassociate what happened now, but with him from that earlier team. And in some ways we can't associate it, disassociate it with the team today, in my opinion, because this team is in a bad way on the ice. And, 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 and one thing that, that surfaced last week too, you have uh, two of the team's leaders, D2 leaders on the team, Taze and Kane, both sort of backing up Bowman when they were asked about the situation, asked about him being uh, fired. They sort of stuck up for Bowman and was like, well, you know, spoke to his character or whatever, their relationship with him. You know, they've, they've been – in the organization with him for a long time and they've won these Stanley Cups with him and stuff. So they spoke to that side of him instead of speaking up for a fellow hockey player who got abused and, and, and and was done wrong by the organization. They didn't speak up for him. They spoke up for, for Stan Bowman. So that, that again, that shows you the thinking that needs to be re, you know, reworked Mm -hmm. and, uh, in, in in hockey and in sports in general, we you know what are what are we prioritizing, and um, you know when it comes to these situations, and um, you know I, I I you know I, I don't feel much uh, sympathy for the guys you know who who have left over from that era, who are still on the team, the guys who maybe had nothing to do with that era, who are on the team and suffering now. You know, maybe I feel a little bit of sympathy for them, but like Taze and Kane, I don't feel much sympathy for them right now. If that's how they feel about the situation and they don't feel any sort of sympathy or regret to what happened to Kyle Beach, then, you know, you guys could go 0 and 82, man. (laughs) You know, I I feel you because it's, I I believe neither one of them have comp to knowing anything about what was going on. But at the same point, not not that not that they chose size, but when you choose to to speak on Bowman's behalf or vouch for his character rather than, like you said, um express some sort of sympathy uh for what happened and the actual victim of what went on, yeah. It, it's it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And as far and as we don't, we don't know how we don't know to what extent they knew about things, yeah. but there have been reports that have talked about Beach Beach and his situation being sort of an open secret amongst mm-hmm. in the hockey community, where to the point where people made fun of him in in locker rooms and on ice, and made mention of him, uh, you know, doing certain acts with certain people and stuff. And you know it. That's that type of stuff is hard to read and and take in as a as an observer. Like man, you know, to imagine being put in that situation and really like really having no defense for yourself. Like it's it's, it's really rough, man. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible situation, and and like you said, it's um, 
you know, something that happened in the past, but because the repercussion that happened in real time, this team that's, that's, you know, playing on the ice now has to deal with what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, they got it's, a long way to go before yeah. they can be seen in a different light. It, it's going to take both actions off the court, off the ice and on the ice. Like yeah. they got to, they got to find ways to win again and also do things in the community that make the Hawks make that brand of Chicago Blackhawks hockey seem like something that's better. And and that's kind of ironic too, because there's some people who are offended by the brand of Blackhawks in already, you know, on GP. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> on um, yesterday, uh, Ben Pope, uh, the writer, Blackhawks writer for the Sun Times, he tweeted out, sure. "If you want to watch something truly horrifying, watch the last nine Blackhawks games." <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I did. I bet, man. I, I haven't watched much of them this year. I've just been looking at the scores, but I, I you know, yeah, you, 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 they, they took two games in the overtime. That's the only – those are the only games where they got any points. All the rest they lost. I'm still not even sure that they've led a game at any point this year. Like, this, it's just a, a horrible start, man. It's, it's just one of the worst starts we could you could see on in the hockey. So, you know, like, like I said, we, we, we're definitely selling those Hawks, man, for, for multiple reasons. And, uh, you know, just hope that they can – get themselves over the hump in, in multiple ways going forward. They they got to put in some work, for real. They truly do. They truly do, man. Yeah. But let's move over to a, a you know, a little less, uh, I say, less high-stakes situation and more of a, not necessarily uh, an upbeat situation with the Bears, but, uh, you know, right quick, you know, they lost again Sunday. Uh, was that was like thirty? Not the score, thirty-two, twenty-two, or something. But yeah. I wasn't. I didn't go to the game again, you know. But it, I guess you know more so than the score and and the result, which was to be expected. Uh, you know, which was sad too because the Bears came into the game as an underdog against a two and four team. <laughs> that had lost four games in a row, and they were playing at home. So, like that shows you just what type of confidence people have in in, in the Bears right now. It, be it in Chicago or Las Vegas, don't nobody have much confidence in the Bears right now. But uh, Justin Fields showed out a bit more uh, in the game, and you know the the you know for those who don't know the 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 coaching situation was different. Uh, the usual because Matt Nagy, because he was uh, under COVID uh, restrictions, uh, quarantine, you know, wasn't allowed to be at the game. He, he, you know, apparently figured a lot in the preparation as usual, but he wasn't at, he wasn't actually running the team from Soldier Field. Uh, their, uh, their special teams coordinator was doing that. He was in the role of head coach at the, at the Soldier Field. And um, you know, we, we already know that the the play calling is being done by uh 
you know, being done by Bill Lazor as of as of late. And um, you know, the the team sort of let the let the kid do more that he naturally is able to do in this game. He rushes for over a hundred yards for the first time. The first time that happens for any bear since Bobby Douglas in like nineteen seventy three, I believe. Wow. Which is you know, it, there's a couple ways to look at that. Like there's a lot of teams who you could probably who I maybe never have had hundred yard rushes at the quarterback position because they play more, you know, conventional uh types of, of styles with their offenses and with their quarterbacks. But you know, and the Bears have played a lot of conventional offenses in the past forty five years as well. But they just haven't had prolific offenses and prolific quarterbacks. So they, you know, on top of having, you know, uh, conventional offenses, they never even took the risk of having guys who can, uh, you know, and they've had guys who could athletic. You could say mm-hmm. they've had they've had people like Cordell Stewart and you know uh, Rex Grossman was pretty athletic uh, for uh, you know. Uh, for his size and stuff, and even he, Cutler to, to an extent, Cutler, yeah, Cutler, you know, uh, even back in the day, they had like a they had Doug Flutie for a minute on the team. Like Doug Flutie could run with the ball, but they never made they never made an effort to have a quarterback have running as part of the uh, centerpiece of their offense. Yeah. And now they got a guy in Fields who is, in the modern sense, very much a dual threat. And they finally, you know, allowed him. You you think in this early part of his career that from jump, they'd be like, let's let the kid run as much as he can because his throwing ability isn't quite there yet. He still has to work on his timing, his, uh, his you know, his ability to connect with, receive, with the receivers uh, and everything. And But they, they've – mostly contain him in the pocket uh in in his in his early games you know sunday we finally got to see a sense of him as the playmaker that he can be he makes that one brilliant touchdown run where he avoided like five or six uh you know san francisco defenders in the backfield turns around reverses field and and you know rushes uh finds daylight to the end zone. It, it's such a brilliant play, man. And, you know, everybody just looks at that and says, man, that's, you know, when he's had, when he's being instilled with the confidence of the team and of the coaches and everything, and he's given the, the free reign, you know, watch out, man. And the, it's, it could be the type of game changing thing that we're actually seeing with the bulls right now, where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, instinct and and talent is sort of being intertwined, and we're seeing play on a on a whole new level than than we've been used to seeing from these teams. So you know, with the Bears, there's still so much that's bearing around him to you know, for not you know, not to be a, not to throw a pun out there, but the the we saw the defense and how how full of holes they are now. You know, a lot of it's due to to injuries and stuff, but 
You know, they, they don't have the depth and the talent that they had a couple years ago. They can't stop teams like they opponents like they want. And, you know, San Francisco took it to them in every way. And, you know, it, it, it's it's just another sign that, look, this team is not – I've been saying it all year. They're not a playoff team. <laughs> they're not a team to, to whom we can expect much of anything. The best we can expect from this year is that by the end of the year, Fields is a is a certified starting pro quarterback, which I think he will be, and that um, you know, uh, the Bears are have an idea of the type of coach that they want to pair with him for next season, because the coach that's there now isn't going to be that guy. Yeah, so I'm. I'm in lockstep with you, man. This season is not about wins and losses for me. It's about looking at fields and being able to see some sort of progression, even if it's not start after start, just, you know, every two three games, you see something a little bit different, see him move or react a little bit different to the defense or, um, you know, be, be able to pick on, pick up on different things that the defense is trying to do uh, to play him. Um and I think that moving forward, you know, the Bears. Okay, so they went out. They went out and they they drafted. They traded up to draft Justin Fields, but this is still like a gift that's been placed in their lap. And from this point on, it's about what are you going to do with this? You can't waste it, or at least we, you know, Bears fans hope that they don't waste it. So what can you do? Should you? I, I saw I saw a um, story from Six Seventy to Score about. Ryan Pace saying that he's going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. That's cool, but I hope your aggression is to build around Justin Fields. Um, His aggression needs to be to get rid of the players, the rest of the players who isn't working on the team, who right. uh, are do, who are who are taking up most of the salary, yes. or 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 in the case of Allen Robinson, expected to take up more the salary if they try to keep them right they just they need to just get rid of these guys like you know robinson like say robinson is a, is a potential guy keem hicks mm-hmm. uh you know unfortunately cohen we we never get to see come back really from his injury but these guys you know you're not going to do anything with these guys now that that time when with them that window with them has passed so you need yeah. to, you need to get them off the books, get some draft picks, get some draft capital in in uh in 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 in, in exchange for them, and uh and move on, and, yeah. and that may be that may be the type of thing that's really the type of plan that you would have with a general manager who is more secure in their position, and for all we know, Pace probably is secure in his position, <laughs> which you know. I, I don't like is is not the type of reality I'd like to acknowledge, but he may be. But uh, but regardless of that, that's the type of that's the type of thing that a, I think a good team, a a well minded, a well run team would do at this point. They would not be getting themselves mixed up and and be delusional in hopes that they could salvage another season. And, and and be you know nine what what would be probably nine and eight because of seventeen games this year, you know you you don't want to 
you don't want to just continue to be that nine and 18, nine and 17. You want to try to build something more, uh, you know, more fruitful around again, like you say, a, a, a quarterback who can really be uh, special for the next 10 to 15 years. You don't want to just look at, you don't want to just grind out a, a, a 550 winning percentage season with him in his rookie year. Go, it doesn't matter what what games he wins in 2021. Right. Create the type of firmament for him that that he that you could build something real around him for years to come. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe uh Larry Borm and, and Tevin Jenkins when they come back, or when Jenkins comes back as Borm played, but when maybe they prove to be the the stalwarts on the line that race uh pace drafted them to be. But I think that you continue to build up that offensive line to the best of your ability in order to yeah. give Fields the time he needs. When he has time, like this this dude wants – he wants to ch- take chances um, on offense. He wants to throw that deep ball. I know sometimes you know, he gets criticized for locking in on one target, but if, if – I guess it could, this could the same argument can be made for any quarterback, but you got to get this dude some more time. Yeah, you got to devote, got to devote draft draft picks to him because that's the future of your franchise. You need to build around him. Um, you got to get him. You got to get him skill guys too, man. Because he he got he he needs more skill guys outside of Mooney. He could and, and Herbert. Who can he really trust right now? You know Montgomery's good, but you know he's been dealing with injury. Yeah. You know uh, he 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 just hasn't clicked with. With Allen Robinson, like I said, and if I like I said, if I was running the team, he wouldn't be a bear pass tomorrow. Uh, Cole Komet can't make catches when he needs to make them. Uh, you know, they need some real. They need some. They need some upgrades in the skill position still. And and that's a, that's sad too because at, at one point we was like, well, the line is so bad. You know, he got players, but I mean, they got players, but the line is so bad. But in reality, they don't have the players and the line is bad. And the defense is old and, and full of holes now. There's yeah. so many things that they got to work on and so many positions that they need to upgrade going start with this upcoming offseason. It, and they got to have draft picks to fix it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I've heard this kind of, I think, starting maybe two weeks ago. How do you feel about them shopping David Montgomery um, because of the way Herbert is played and, and yeah. the amount of money that Montgomery might command moving forward? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, I'm. I, when I first heard that, I was like, no. Nah, and I'm still mostly feeling that way. I think you can allow Montgomery to come back and let him play into a bigger contract and just see see what the situation is going to be. You know, if if he comes – if he plays up to a certain worth and, and he's out there like, well, I got to be paid amongst the top five running backs in the league or something, then just let him go about his business. But, <laughs> but you know, if, if, he, if he's willing to work with the team and he's, he, if he really shows a commitment to want to stay in Chicago, I don't see no reason why you can't – keep him in the fold, what you really – what I would love to see is the Bears have two uh, potential starting running backs, two of, of that caliber. Because a lot of a lot of teams have 
at least two guys who they could throw at you. And that's that's why I was so feeling so good about the backfield coming into this year because, you know, with Williams, who I still feel pretty good about, he hasn't shown too much, but I think he's a guy who can make plays when called upon. And Montgomery, I think you had a nice combination there. And Herbert, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was possibilities with him, and he's gone on and really shown what he can do now. So now you got a rookie, you got a rookie contract guy, really two rookie contract guys, and of you know if 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 you had to get rid of one of those three, I would get rid of Williams first, and then we could like I said we could talk about Montgomery down the line and say well where is he going to be at in uh, after twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three because you still have that time with him yeah. so. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be quick to get rid of Montgomery. Just you know, to keep it okay. short. And then um, another question for you: <laughs> How much faith that do you have that this aggression that Ryan Pace talks about having for the trade deadline won't be misplaced? In that he's going to be a, a aggressive to win this season, as opposed to being aggressive to to build around Justin Fields. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have. I don't have any confidence that he's going to do anything of of. of <laughs> substance tomorrow i mean yeah. the, the deadline is tomorrow so oh I I mean, think, yeah so mm-hmm. you know when we look at what's happened already in the nfl you've had teams that are actually gonna win this year like arizona they went and got zach Ertz mm-hmm. as a big pickup for their tight end situation uh because they lost the they lost the starting tight end for the season that they went handled their business and got a starting tight end in Zach Ertz to fill his spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. today got a lot of news. Pick up, uh, pick up Miller uh, from uh, from the Broncos. You know, uh, 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 an All Pro, all you know, Pro Bowl uh, linebacker is going to wreak havoc alongside. Uh, you know, they, they they coming at you with so much talent on the defense already with Aaron Donald and everybody. Now they got um, they got Miller as, as well in, the, in that situation. So they're going after – they're going they're going all in, you know, for the Lombardi trophy. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, they made that move specifically with a mind to harass uh, Tom Brady and, and, Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers and uh, – um, Home and, and the young boy down in Arizona, you know they uh, they they made that move. They made a smart move there. The Bears, meanwhile, what have we, what have they done over the past twenty four hours? Nothing. So I don't think that's going to change over the next twelve or so hours that they got. I guess maybe like fourteen at this point. And uh, if they make any moves, I think I think it will be to to sell. More so than the buy, so you know, I I would hope I, I think like I said before that's the more prudent situation anyway. Just get rid of some of these bigger contracts that you have. Get yourself more flexibility in your in your salary cap situation, and get you some more draft picks for the upcoming uh, draft or two that's coming up ahead. Because that's the situation that you're in. You're not in the situation that the Rams are in. You're not in the situation that the Cardinals are in. So quit acting like you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I just wanted to hear your your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, 
Yeah, I appreciate you asking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we uh, got a got another hour in. You know, good talk, man. I, I said I put us uh, some headlines on the uh, on the on the rundown. Uh, right quick, I'm gonna go over a couple things uh, to keep it on the sports side. Uh, I want to shout out the Chicago Red Stars again. You know, we like I said, we try to keep a keep them keep an eye on all the teams, the pro level teams in town, and the Red Stars again are a team that needs to be uh, acknowledged here in Chicago. The women's uh, soccer team, uh, past champions in the National Women's Soccer League, they made the playoffs again uh, over the weekend. And uh, clinched a sixth straight playoff spot in the NWSL. So you know that alone deserves props. It's something that you don't get from many Chicago teams. You know, six straight years in the playoffs. And uh, you know, as as I got Larry Harley of WGN said in a in a piece he wrote for WGN.com, WGNTV.com. If you're looking for consistency when it comes to a fall professional. Chicago sports team shots fired. <laughs> Look no further than the main tenant at SeatGeek Stadium. So yeah, and uh, you know, like I say, big ups to them, and uh, you know, good luck for them in the uh, in the upcoming playoffs. They're the fourth seed in uh, a sixteen playoff system, and um, yeah, that's, I think uh, we see the. Their next matchup will be against fifth-seeded New Jersey, New York, uh, Gotham Football Club on Sunday. And that's going to be at SeatGeek Stadium out at Bridgeview, <laughs> Harlem Avenue. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if you got if, – hey, if you if y'all got some time, man, go out. If, you, if you're if interested in soccer, if you, wanna, if you, if you just want to be supportive of Chicago sports, man, you know, go – I say give them some time, man. Give them, give, uh, make it loud out there, Seat Geek Stadium, man, and show them some love. And uh, maybe they'll bring, maybe they'll bring home another title this year. We got one from Sky, you know. Maybe the the Red Stars can represent again for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And what a turnaround! Because the season started off kind of slow. Yeah, yeah, they were, they it did, man. I know you you was keeping up with them, man. We were still doing the. <laughs> Still doing the post, man. So yeah. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, it, it yeah, like you said, they were starting. They did start off the season a little slow. You know, maybe so that was a bad luck charm, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But <laughs> but uh, yeah. But uh, what one more thing I want to I want to shout out too before we go is uh, Luis Robert. I, I saw this story. Uh, I, I you don't see many Chicago sports uh, uh, figures get uh, a story in hype beast, <laughs> but Luis Robert is in is on the website uh, hypebeast.com currently because he bought a a, a Lamborghini. I, I can't even say this word because I don't, I don't know nothing about these type of cars, but I don't have this type of money. But I, I think it's Aventador. Aventador SVJ, and you know yeah, I, don't, I don't speak millionaire either, man. Yeah, 
But the story, the story is about his car, and he gave it a wrap. Uh, 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 you know, he he got a a paint, I guess, a paint job or whatever. That's uh, influenced by the the cartoon Naruto, the the anime. Hmm. I don't know how much you up on that. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of a wild. It's kind of a wild image. Uh, like I said, it's on Hype Beast. You search Hype Beast and Luis Robert. I should have put the link up, but I'm kind of just doing this on the fly. But uh, it's looking at the story. It said it was done by this guy named Alex Vegas in my Alex Vega in Miami, and um, it has two of the main characters. Of course, Naruto being one of them on the on the on the hood of the car, and some more characters on the doors, and the wrap costs ten thousand uh, dollars, which is a fraction of the price of the of the car itself, which is over half a million dollars. And uh, <laughs> there's a there's a pic there's a picture of it from up on uh on IG under a a, a under a something called the auto firm i'm looking at it oh, now wow. yeah oh, wow. <laughs> so i mean that's i guess that's what luis wanted to do with his money man i you know, I ain't mad at him, you know as long as he keep producing he hopefully he can produce a little more in 2022 and you know stay off the injured list you know for a lot of socks if if you see if you see a a a, a flamed out Naruto car on 35th Street next up. <laughs> you'll know just who it belongs to. <laughs> who, who gets robbed first? Robert of that car or one of the Milwaukee Bucks that just got one of them uh, championship rings turned uh, chains? I'd be scared to come at one of the Bucks with because I'd, I'd be scared they'd turn into a Transformer or something. <laughs> Like or, or there's like one of them Green Lantern rings or something like you, like <laughs> like a big old fist come out of it and like knock you inside the head, man. You know yeah, that thing is, Lord, man. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's, it's as obnoxious as championship rings should be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do something every year to to over to you know to to outdo the last guys. It's, that's you got to one up the last champions it seems so mm -hmm. that's how they that's how they do it with those rings man maybe I, I don't know how we could get one of those rings but maybe we have to rob some rob one of these players catch them slipping but, but I don't know what one more thing I do want to mention I, I don't know maybe I could maybe we could say this for uh running with war but Kofi Coburn came back to Illinois you know famously but he's gonna sit. Uh, you know, he could he could be in the league right now along with Io, who we started, you know, talking about at the beginning of the show. His guy Io, but uh, Kofi went back to Illinois, and you know he's he's benefiting from the NIL situation, name, image, and likeness. But apparently, he sold some stuff when he 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 had some stuff sold on a uh, on a website. When he was still in that, uh, he he had he had a uh, declared for the draft, but he hadn't you know he he hadn't uh, he no he wasn't drafted yet of course he had declared for the draft he didn't have a uh, he wasn't locked in or nothing, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he the social stuff, and apparently that's come back to bit to bite him because he's going to be uh, suspended for the first three games of the Illinois season coming up. And they they about to start really soon. And uh, I don't know. I may speak more on this at another time, but I think it's unfair. And um, I'm I'm still surprised that kids are getting suspended. <laughs> I thought I thought we were done with this stuff. I did double A man, and you know. Uh, well, I guess you know it. It happened. Apparently, the timing it happened before the the name, image, and likeness legislation was set on July first of this year. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, Kofi gets caught up in the game. It's not too big of a pen, of a penalty. Uh, not likely Illinois will lose any of these games that he misses. But you know. I, it's enough to make you wonder why anybody messes with the NCAA, man. So, you know, I'll just say keep your head up, big Kofi, man. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to be dunking extra hard on fools when he comes back. So the, we at least got that to look forward to. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's I'm, I'm looking forward to the Illini, though, this year. They, uh, they got a chance to do some big stuff again this year. And, uh, you know, they gave they gave the Bulls uh, IO, so we got that's even more reason to root for Illinois. And uh, man, you know the Bulls back to the where we started, man. Bulls got us feeling good. Yeah, man, a natural high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and 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 that's there's no better way to feel at ten, uh, almost ten thirty at night. You know, <laughs> we could have sweet dreams thinking about the Bulls tonight. But uh, I'm going to wrap it up on that le- on that word. Uh, Drew, man, appreciate you staying up with me. Same. Um, appreciate you pushing it back, man, to, uh, you know, give us some time to digest these these uh, Monday Bulls games, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. We're, in the future, we'll probably actually push the show up. So, you know, Drew kindly brought it to my attention that the Bulls play a lot of Monday games. <laughs> <laughs> and t- today, you know, it was a situation where because they were on the East Coast, they started on at six thirty. But in most situations, as you know, as I've looked over the schedule, they're gonna play a, a lot of home game home games on Monday and start at seven. So because of that, you know, we're gonna st- uh, probably push up a lot of our starts to six o'clock or thereabouts, and uh, try to wrap up in time for those for the tip offs of those games uh going forward. So if you see us like again, I keep telling y'all, you know, subscribe to uh War Media on all our platforms. Subscribe on YouTube and uh you'll get uh get the nice recommendations for when we go uh when we set up our live streams and uh when we go when we go live you get notifications. So if you want to be able to keep up with everything you do, follow us on Twitter as well. Follow me on Twitter. You always get, uh, you'll see when I go live, it'll be tweeted out and stuff. So, you know, follow me at Means Matters. Uh, follow Drew and look what Drew did. Follow War Media. And, uh, yeah, you'll be up on everything. But like I said, you know, expect us a little bit earlier, uh, around 6 o'clock for most weeks going forward and, um, you know, talking about the Bulls and following the Bulls and and uh, definitely want to keep up with what they got going on because as they showed tonight, it's, uh, it's as good as it's been in, in a while. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, man. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, for 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 Drew, it's your man Kyle. We're gonna sign off here and uh enjoy what little bit of Monday we got left. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll get up with y'all Tuesday. Uh tomorrow should have a new uh in the uh, no in the scope. <laughs> not in the scope. Uh uh, got running, running, running with war. Running <laughs> I'm mixing up my sh- mixing up the shows. <laughs> running with war will be a new episode tomorrow. Uh, Josh and Chris hope we will be involved. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be have like I say just more more what you're looking for out here with with uh, war media. And uh, yeah, we we got to rain Chris in from from celebrating the sky, man. He got he got to come back home, man. Yeah, I, yeah, we, I, I, I'm, I'm at the, I, I just let Chris do what he do, man. You know, <laughs> I just let him do what he do, man. But he, yeah, but he, like I said, we, we, he, he always brings it when he does, when he, when he slides through. So that's all I, that's all I want from him. You know, when he, when he does show up to bring it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I said, Drew, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Oh man, if you guys just do me the honor, man, check out a piece I wrote about Derrick Rose not being on the 75th anniversary team, but uh, still, still deserving a lot of credit for the peak that he was able to reach, if you even want to call it a peak, because it, you know, it kind of came crashing down so fast because of injury. But you can check that out on On Tap Sportsnet. Get back to me, let me know what you think. Am I way off base? Am I on point? Get, get get up with me, man. Nah, I did. I did. It was a it was a good piece, man. And, uh, definitely provides uh, the sort of perspective that I think can be lost for so many already on Derek. Like you know, he had top seventy five talent. You know, he still does in a lot of ways, but he just you know things came came about in a in a tough way for him, and you know he had to suffer the injuries that he did, and you know. But he, he he's still he's he's always gonna be a you know a number one in our hearts here in Chicago, and uh, definitely I think I think too I, right right quick too uh, you look at the the tributes that happened over the past uh, weekend with Tony Kukoc and and Joe Kibno and the Bulls really showed a lot of class and effort in saluting two guys who again aren't top 75 guys, maybe not even – well, t- Tony's a Hall of Fame guy now, and uh, Joe Kim may not be that level of guy, but they're guys who are special to the Bulls, special to Chicago, and they showed them a lot of love that they deserve. And it, 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 I think it means a lot to players when they see guys get uh, get honored like that, uh, you know, in, in their retirement and everything. So uh, – is like I say, big up to the Bulls for showing the love that they did to those guys who provided a lot of great moments and uh and, and memories for us as Bulls fans. Yeah, the, the image of this team and this organization, man, is like undergoing a complete overhaul, man. The encore yeah. product, the, the the way that they are commemorating, like you said, past players, man. Like this this is uh, this is this is different, man. This is different. This is not a you know, teams and how they treated Michael Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen and choosing to go other other places because of that, man. This this is a good look for the team for the it's city. Not, yeah, it's not Chairman Jerry's side project anymore. Right. Yo, <laughs> yo, Michael is a, is 
Yo, Michael is at the helm now. Michael Ryan, <laughs> he's doing this thing. So salute to salute to the young Ryansdorf. Salute to Acme. You know, uh, AK and and Mark Eversley and everybody else who made this Bulls team what it is today, and hopefully what it'll be for the future. So absolutely. Yeah. Yes, All right, so we, that's it for now, though. Like I said, we'll get at y'all tomorrow with Running With War. Peace to everybody out there who keeps supporting. And uh, that's it for now. We out.